Hello, my name is Brandon Reich, and you are listening to The Graphic Sound. Sound. Episode 5, Obsessed. So I've got a lot of response about the podcast so far. And I think what's been really interesting about the response that I've got is sort of the questions that everyone has for me and all the different approaches that they have and the way they're listening to the podcast, what they're getting out of the podcast, what's resonating with them. I got to admit, it's not necessarily what I expected. I do think it's better than I expected. I got into this podcast thinking that there was enough material to just talk about music and the design behind it. And I thought that topic alone was interesting enough. What I'm finding out is that this podcast is very simply about creativity and work. Now, we all, I'm assuming since you're listening to this podcast that you're creative in some way. You have a creative bone in your body. You have interest in creativity. You do creativity for a living. You're doing something. You're involved in your creativity. Your creativity is important to you. But I think the thing that everybody's leaving out of this equation is this oddly abstract idea of work because we don't really know what that means. I think that we feel like we got this get out of jail free card because we're creative and we have this talent. And now we think that we can get through life without ever having to work. We think that, well, we're creative, we're talented, and that's what's gonna get us through. So what resonates with me And I think the thing that I want to get across to you early on this show is that there is very, very much an element of work in this. And what I don't want to do on this podcast is give you false hope. I don't want to sit here. I don't want to be a Pinterest quote. I don't want to say like, do what you love, love what you do or whatever those Pinterest quotes are, because they're all like really nice ideas. But I think once you've been in it for a while, you have to look at those Pinterest quotes and be like, what in the world are they talking about? Now, I will tell you, I know what they're talking about. I will tell you that I understand this whole field frolicking version of being artistic and being creative. I totally understand it. But I have to get, I want to take you through everything else so that you can understand what the artist skipping around in a field is. And my apologies to all you bohemian artists out there who totally love frolicking around in a field and all that stuff. More power to you, do your thing. What I wanna talk about here is how we implement real work into our creativity. So I wanna switch gears from this thing being deliberately inspirational, being this deliberate follow your dreams and you know, I wanna cheer you up, I wanna inspire you. I wanna do all that stuff, but I don't wanna do it in a fake way. I don't wanna do it with some nonsense advice that you're not actually gonna be able to do anything with. I don't wanna tell you follow your heart and all that sort of weird stuff because if some of that stuff is true, a lot of people don't understand it the way it needs to be understood. So after getting all the feedback, And getting a lot of the questions, I've had like people write me novels of messages, you know, since the podcast has been out and since these episodes have dropped and I'm reading through all of them. And I think the thing that I keep seeing, the pattern that is consistent throughout all of these messages is that 
We're just not accepting the idea that this is hard work. We're not accepting the idea that we actually have to put our nose down to the grindstone and get stuff done. What I want to get across to you is, yes, definitely it's hard work. Yes, definitely it's discipline. Most people are lazy. Most people want to do as little work as they can possibly do and see if they can get away with it. There's a generation coming up that have even more tools for their creativity that work and whatever, you know, like the stuff that my parents did and my grandparents did, like working at auto factories, manual labor stuff. It's seeming like this archaic idea to, to a big group of people, like it's outdated to a lot of people. That's not what work is. For a lot of people, work is only a white collar, entrepreneurial, startup job, whatever it is. That's all work is. And we start attaching words like hustle to it. And we start attaching words like grind to it and stuff like that. And we start trying to like have the new version of hard work. Hard work is the same thing it's been for a long time. If you're a creative, you are getting the light version of that hard work because you have to put this in perspective and know that you are being creative every day for a living. So the traditional hard work, the traditional blue collar workers had it so much tougher. So let's not compare ourselves to the blue collar workers as if we're hurting our backs trying to create this stuff. It's a mental grind. It's a creative grind. It's a self-esteem grind. There's a lot of mental things we're going through in this creative field, but let's not kid ourselves and act like this isn't complete bliss that we get to do this. We have to understand that we get to do this. This is imperative. If you don't understand that your creative career is a privilege, then you are missing the whole entire point. What I want to explain is that you have to love this thing that you're doing. I want to go all the way back to the start and ask you plainly, do you even love the thing that you're doing? Is the thing that you're doing, like, are you the type of person that just wants to be creative all day, every day, that you want to draw pictures all day, every day? If someone's paying you or if someone isn't paying you, you're still going to draw pictures all day. Because I think the people that you look up to are running on that. I've realized, you know, I'm, I'm doing this episode right now after a night where I was up till like three or four in the morning and I woke up this morning and my eyes were just not opening. Um, I still got up, got a shower, got breakfast, you know, did my whole morning routine and got back to work the next morning. So I am right now in the middle of the grind. So this podcast might even drop late simply because I don't have time to record it because of all the stuff I've been working on in the past 48 hours. So the thing about working in the past 48 hours, though, is the thing that's pushing me through all of this is that I love doing it. Like, I want to be an Adobe Illustrator making graphics. I want to be an Adobe Illustrator moving those two letters together so they perfectly fit together. I want to do that. There is something about that stuff that just freaking does it for me. And if you don't have that, if this creative stuff isn't hitting you on this like obsession level, then I think it's going to be hard for you to make a career in this. I'm just going to say that plainly. Now, there's discipline and there is structure 
and all that stuff. But, and I have plenty of discipline and plenty of structure over, you know, I started doing this. I cut my teeth trying to figure out it was in 2002 when I was like, all right, can I actually do this stuff regularly? Can I actually design t-shirts for bands? Could design websites whatever I was doing in 2002? Can I actually do this stuff for people? and make a decent living on it, make any money at all. I was 19 years old. I was seeing if I can make any money at all on it. Well, here we are 14 years later, and I've stayed busy for the past 14 years, and I've been completely 100% full-time for the last 11 years. So all of this concrete, disciplinary, structured stuff has just happened. I've set it in place I said, you know, starting today, I'm going to start doing this. Or instead of doing it that way, I'm going to start doing it this way. I've set all that stuff in place so that whenever this obsession, field frolicking, artistic, excited dude, whenever that stuff fades out, I have this auxiliary power of structure and discipline that's going to take over. When I'm not feeling it, I'm disciplined enough to finish the project on discipline and structure and deadline looming alone. So this idea of effort that, you know, this idea of hustle and this idea of just, you know, grind and all that stuff, it's like this hard-nosed word that we put over the top of the fact that we're just really excited to do this stuff. So the real hustle is just a byproduct of me being obsessed with this. Since I was five, four years old, whatever, I've been sitting in the corner drawing all day, every day. When I draw color or whatever back then, I'd stick my tongue out and I just had this like vibe. I had this thing where Brandon is in his zone right now. Look at that dude. All he wants to do in life is draw pictures all day. So that is the obsession. That is the thing that's actually pushing me all the time. So here I am getting all this work out the door, this, uh, you know, seemingly assembly line of work and all this stuff. Let me tell you something. It's not because I'm pushing myself. It's because I can't get enough of this. It's because I love doing this more than anything. So if someone from the outside looks at me, they think I'm hustling and working hard and all that stuff. Maybe I am, but I tell you what, what's really doing it is the fact that I don't want to do anything else. I just love this creative work. I love making art all day. I love drawing pictures for a living. I love making graphic t-shirts. I love making logos. I love all of that stuff. I love cleaning up anchor points so that everything is perfect. I love it. It does it for me. I love doodling in my sketchbook. I love handwriting. I like writing words just for the sake of writing words. I like to doodle. I like doing all this stuff. Whether I'm getting paid for it or not, I am still doing this. This is how, this is the MO of me. This is how I operate all the time. So the structure and this discipline is trying to figure out how I'm going to harness this obsession into an actual job. But the first and foremost thing about all of this stuff is that you've got to be obsessed with it. Like you got to be one of those people because if you're not, then maybe working on your own and being a freelancer isn't for you. And I know that not everybody listening to this are people who's trying to be freelancers for a living, and that's okay. For a lot of people, the in-house job makes perfect sense for them. They can use their design talent for their eight hours a day or whatever, and then wrap it up and get on with their lives. And a lot of those people are living much fuller lives than I am, to be honest with you. They're probably socially much more fulfilled and all that stuff. I'm fulfilled on a creative level. I'm fulfilled, 
you know, I can pat myself on the back because I've been able to continue doing something on my own. And that makes me proud for me. But I know it's not the route everybody wants to take. But I think that the number one starting point that I want everybody to have, if they're wanting to get into doing freelance on their own and having their own operation, is number one, the question, you are completely obsessed with this stuff, correct? Correct. Okay, well then let's move on. So the first step in really getting this career and getting this machine, creating a machine out of yourself is to establish the routine. You know, the routine, it can be cheesy. It can be whatever. I mean, you can like, maybe you saw a movie of somebody in a creative field, or maybe you saw a movie with a guy with a lifestyle that you wanted or whatever. And he woke up in the morning, went straight to the shower. He woke up and he read the newspaper. He wears those type of pajama pants and he, whatever, whatever he did, figure out and envision what you want your routine to be. What do you want your day to look like? What type of person do you want to be? So establish that and stick to it. I think at the beginning, it's going to be weird because for me, I started challenging myself to wake up really early. That doesn't work for everybody. Not everyone is a morning person. I happen to be a morning person. I feel like my brain works the best in the morning. So I establish my routine and my routine consists of, you know, when I wake up, going straight into the shower, making myself breakfast. I sit on the porch and meditate and then I make coffee and then I go to work. And then there's also a routine of when you sit down at the desk, what are you doing first? Are you getting in your email? Are you getting in the first project of the day? Are you looking at Facebook? Are you looking at Twitter? Are there things that you realize that you know you get wrapped up in? Whatever that is, establish it and establish it in a productive way. Like don't screw up early in the morning. Don't try to like search the entire internet for new stuff early in the morning because before you know it, you're two hours in and you haven't got anything done. So part of that routine is knowing I'm gonna do this, 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 and this. And then after that, boom, I am working. I am full on immersed in working. The machine has started up. So what I like to compare a creative career to, a creative routine, is basically an auto factory where everybody's working on the assembly line. They're doing their thing. They're focused on their one task. And then there's a freaking flash mob that breaks out. Everybody, had, you know, they're dancing on the conveyor belts and stuff and like, you know, doing all the stuff they do in a flash mob. If you haven't seen, you know what a flash mob is. But after that flash mob is done, everybody is back to where they stood back on with their job. So for me, project is very much about like, I set everything up like an assembly line. I, you know, I create my folders, I do all that stuff. And then for that time, usually for me, it's in Adobe Illustrator or on my sketchbook, but that's the time where it's time to frolic through the field. It's time to be the artistic person. It's time to like, just go for it and, and come up with a million ideas and just let the ideas start flowing out of your head. That's the flash mob time. That's the time when you're dancing on the conveyor belt doing all this stuff. And as soon as you're done with that project, as soon as you've created the stuff, now you have to start mocking it up or building a presentation, whatever it is that you do, that's back down to the assembly line. That's back down to the factory. And then it's a steady process of that. It's sort of like going idling in your car and then the time when you get to like put the pedal to the metal or whatever. And then you slow down again. So that is the way I have established my routine. 
I do the same exact thing every morning. And then I have some basic principles of what to do and what not to do when I get to my computer in the morning. I know it's not time to get on Facebook or Twitter or let any of that stuff like distract me because distraction for somebody who works on their own by themselves can run rampant because there's nothing ever really truly stopping you from looking at Facebook all day or getting on Twitter or going on the live feed to see Kanye West's new line of Yeezy season three on title. Like, don't do that. What are you doing? I just caught myself doing that. And I just, you know, that's what I said to myself. Like, why am I doing this? This isn't productive. Like, I don't care about Yeezy season three. Sorry, Yeezy. I don't care about season three. So it's easy for me to sit here and say, build a routine and all that stuff. But I know that if you just build a routine without understanding some basics, you're not going to stick to that routine. You're going to think the routine's stupid. You're going to give yourself some reason that you don't actually have to do that. And of course, you don't have to do anything. If you work on your own, you don't have to turn in a single project. You're not going to make any money. Eventually, you're not going to be able to pay your bills. But truthfully, no one's pushing you to do anything. You have deadlines and stuff, but technically, you could just screw over everybody that's asking you to do stuff. If you work on your own, it's possible that the people asking you to do stuff are on the other side of the country or not in your town, and they're definitely not right next to you. So you have the freedom to flake out all of the time. So what is going to stop you from flaking out all the time? For anyone who's ever tried to do a diet, you're basically saying, I am going against the impulse of what I want to do. My wife and I, we try to eat pretty clean. And in this organic search that we've been on for the past seven or eight years or however long it's been, I just want a Snickers bar again. And I found this bar called Ocho. So I'm going to give a free plug to Ocho. There's an Ocho caramel and peanut bar. It is the best freaking thing I've ever tasted in my entire life. All I want to do all day is eat a million of those candy bars. That's all I ever want to do. Right now, I'm trying to watch what I eat, so I don't eat any of those. I want to eat the whole bag of potato chips. I am going to fight the impulse to eat that, to eat the whole bag of potato chips, no matter how good those potato chips are. I would like to sleep until noon, maybe sometimes, but I look over at my clock and it says six o'clock or 6.30, and I know that I have to push myself beyond what I want to do and hold a higher standard for myself and push harder and be better than I think I am or be as good as I hope I can be and get up at 6.30 or not eat the candy bars or not eat the whole freaking bag of potato chips that are so good. You have to fight the impulse that wants you to do the lazy thing that we all are. If we all run without some type of push, if we all run without some type of higher standard, then we just fall into the same stuff the rest of this entire country is falling into. We are lazy people and we have to fight and pull ourselves out of that to not be lazy or to not be mean or to not be, I don't know, like irresponsible with our money. There's all these different things that we got to do to be better than our impulse is telling us to do naturally running, we're not that great. So we have to push a little bit harder and we have to fight the impulse to be lackluster, mediocre human beings. We have to be better. We have to push ourselves to be better. So this idea 
This idea that we must be better, this idea that we have to get better, we have the ability to be better, is the thing that's going to push us through this whole entire thing. So why should you wake up earlier than that guy? Or why should you save money more than that guy? Or why should you eat better than that guy? Well, for whatever reason, you're holding a higher standard for your life and you're pushing harder. So you need this to get through. You need this to even get started. If you're going to establish a routine, if you're going to start something new, you need this basic idea that you have to push beyond your basic instinct and you have to be better. You have to strive for more. You have to value having willpower. This willpower is the thing that is going to allow you to live an independent freelance career. Or this willpower is the thing that's going to help you be better than your peers. And even if you can't get to better, I think the fact that you're getting better than yourself, if you're better than you were yesterday, that's a huge accomplishment. And over time, that's really going to start feeling like a huge accomplishment. And you're going to be able to pat yourself on the back that, man, I freaking tried today. I gave it a shot. I worked as hard as I could today. I put in the effort today. And when you feel that, you know, whether you're on the diet, whether you're doing exercise, whether you're saving money, whether you're trying to be a better person, whatever you're trying to be, if you can end the day, look yourself in the mirror and be like, I tried more. I held a higher standard for myself. And that's making all the difference. So I'm not going to tell you some illustrator trick to give you a better career. I'm going to tell you that you need to have willpower and you need to hold a higher standard for yourself to have a career in this. And above all that, let's make sure that you are obsessed with this art. You are obsessed with being creative all day, every day, because that's the core of who we are, right? We're the kids who are the good drawers in class or we're the kids that like maybe we're a little different or we're, you know, we were just blessed with this idea of I want to draw all day and I get to be creative all day and that's all we wanted to do. So that is the core of who we are. So if we can take that artistic talent, throw in some willpower and create a higher standard for ourselves, then we might have the recipe to have a decent career in the creative field. Having a decent career in the creative field, of course, you know, you have to define what decent is. You have to define what success is. And in this day where the internet is like our third arm, it's only natural that we have to compare ourselves to other designers. And when we compare ourselves to other designers, we take the worst version of ourselves and we compare it to the best version of the people we're looking up to. So they're showing you their best work. They're not showing you all the crap. So when you're looking at their best work, you're like really mad about the crap that you came up with that day or the concepts that you're not going to send because you're unhappy with your own work. So you're constantly comparing yourself. You're comparing the worst of yourself to the best of other people. So I guarantee you that's going to discourage you. I'm, I guarantee you that that is going to skew your view of your success in this field. So Screw all the other people. Screw what they're doing. Screw whatever path they're on or what level they're at because that level is something you're making up. It's not where they're at. You know, like Jay-Z one time, I think Jay-Z just came out and said he was the greatest rapper alive or something, right? Or uh, Diddy just decided that Notorious B.I.G. was the greatest. You know, like they can just say whatever they want and no one is actually checking that. Like, wait, can we figure out if Jay-Z is the best? Can we figure out if Notorious B.I.G. is the best? Like, uh, who's the fact checker here? Because I'm pretty sure right now, if my understanding of the internet is correct, anybody can come out and say anything they want about themselves and proclaim their expertise and proclaim, you know, they've, they are at the top of their field or they're the best in whatever field. 
And some of us believe them. I don't believe them. I don't care. I don't care where they say they are. I don't care where other people view that they are. All I know is that I'm going to try to keep getting better on my own. The best thing I can compare my work to is my old work. If I compare myself to everybody else, it's only going to mess me up. And if, I, if I'm running on this passion, if I'm running on this confidence, if I'm running on this willpower, then all that stuff is going to do is mess me up a little bit. So you have to understand to take this inspiration and take these other designers, use them as inspiration that can snap you out of your funk. Not necessarily, I need to be as good as them. Just look around at the work and start realizing maybe there's another approach you can take to the thing you're working on that can get you excited again. Maybe the, the concept that you started with got a little bit stale and maybe it's going to a dead end. Well, if you start looking at some other people's work, you start seeing different avenues that people have taken and then you start feeling a little bit better. Oh, instead of going this way, I'm going to try to go this way. Because all these designers that you see on the internet, you have to decide, are you going to be internet famous or are you going to be freaking life famous? And for me, I don't care about the number of followers I have. I don't care about any award or any of that nonsense. And it's, and it's totally nonsense. You got to understand that all those awards are totally nonsense. I don't care about any of that stuff. I just know that, th- that my wife sees that I'm succeeding. I know that my mom and dad tell me good job. My mom and dad are proud of me. And you know what? I'm freaking proud of me. So I don't care what so-and-so's doing. I don't care what, like any of that stuff. Will I allow myself to get inspired by them? Of course. But if I'm going to go through this game of constantly comparing myself to other designers and trying to figure out some rank on where I stand with all these other designers, man, I would have been out of this thing a long time ago because nobody has the mind for that. Like you got to run on your own confidence. You're, you can't be doing this to be searching for other people to tell you good job or find other people to tell you how good you are. You got to be running on your own confidence. And on top of that, what I got back to the beginning, we have to be running on this obsession that we love to do this no matter what. You got to be able to say, none of these people like the stuff that I make. I don't care. I just have to keep making it. And that is the freaking juice that's going to keep you running through all this stuff. And that's the thing we're missing on all of this is go back to the core of the fact that you love to do this and that you get to do this. telling you the best motor that you have is your awareness of how lucky you are to get to do what you do and how much fun you're having doing it if you focus on that if you take all that crap off your wall all those pinterest quotes and all that stuff that you have on your wall from other designers and you just put one thing up that says you love doing this stuff then I guarantee you that's going to be a better motivator than any of that other stuff that anybody else has to say. You love doing this stuff. That's it. You love doing this stuff. If that's not your motivator, you're missing it. You hit the jackpot because you can spend your career doing the stuff that you love. So it's up to you to stay excited about it. It's nobody else's responsibility to tell you good job. You just got to continue loving what you're doing. So I've been thinking a lot about this word hustle, and I've talked about hustle a lot. Um, Recently, I did an episode with Andy J. Miller on Creative Pep Talk, and we talked about rest. And I contradicted myself on a lot of different things because I did my own episode on hustle. And then around Christmas time, I did an episode with Andy on rest. 
So between those two, they were contradicting each other because when you were talking to me about rest, it was Christmas time and I was resting. And I had accepted the fact that I didn't care about the stuff that was coming into my inbox, that I needed to chill out and I owed it to myself to relax. But on my episode, when I talked a little bit about hustle, I was hustling. And right now, today, um, a few days before this podcast comes out, this episode comes out, I am hustling again. Like I said, I was up till two or three last night. My eyes were burning. I get the uh, sleep deprivation, twitchy eye thing. And I'm in the middle of the hustle right now. And I know that what's pushing me through this hustle is this passion. You gotta understand, passion is the thing driving you. Hustle is what you look back on that passion and you call it hustle. But you're not like, I'm gonna hustle today. You, you gotta be like, I just wanna do this thing. The, the most hustle you'll ever do is gonna be driven by the passion that you don't wanna do anything else but that thing you're working on. And somehow, some way, I've been able to enjoy the majority of the stuff that I get to work on. So I mentioned the fact that you need to establish this routine. Let's call this routine one of your tools. So your routine is one of your tools and your initial obsession with creativity is one of your tools. And those are two big motivators. Those are two big engines driving it. But this mental focus, this mental keeping yourself up, keeping yourself excited is the thing that you really got to manage alongside all those other things. Because every day, especially if you're working alone, every day your mind is going to be a different type of crazy. And every day, it, you know, you have to figure out if you're losing it today, what did you change? If you're losing it today, is it something you ate? Is it one person's email? Is there one client that continues to give you all of this stress? Is that client worth all the stress that they continue to give you? You kind of just have to take notes while you're going through this. Okay, very stressed out about this today. Noted. All right, so this really stresses me out. Didn't have breakfast. Feeling pretty crappy because I didn't have breakfast. Something like that. Had to go and run, do, run a bunch of errands this morning. Feeling a little bit scattered because I had to run a bunch of errands. So there's all these different things being like, okay, why am I feeling the way that I'm feeling? Because this mind, keeping your head straight and keeping yourself focused is another tool. It's, it's the same thing as keeping your freaking software updated. It's the same idea that you have to keep your brain focused. You have to keep yourself straight. You can't be losing your mind on a daily basis and expect any type of structure to come out of that. So you got to figure out how do you get peaceful? How do you get in the zone? How do you get immersed in your work? Because that's the goal. How do you get immersed in that? How do you get back to the four-year-old kids sitting in the corner drawing all day? Can you find a time in your routine where you're sitting there immersed in the work all day? every day. So anything that you do to get your head straight, whether that's rest, whether that's meditation, whether that's exercise, whether that's going and taking a drive, whether that's going and getting coffee with somebody, um, having lunch with somebody, whatever it takes to get yourself to relax and to de-stress yourself, that is just as important of a tool as any piece of software that you have or any pen tablet that you have or whatever tools that you use. Those methods and those tactics on keeping yourself de-stressed and keeping yourself calm and keeping yourself in a good headspace, you got to look at that like it's just as important as everything else. And plenty of episodes later, I'm going to continue talking about the mental things that we have to do. Sometimes it's just straight up delusion. Whatever it is that we have to do, there's tactics on snapping out of our funk or snapping out of our block or whatever it is.
So the honest truth about all this really great stuff that I'm trying to tell you, all this really great advice that I'm trying to give you is that all of these things I just told you to do or I just suggested would help your career. It all just takes time and it takes patience. Like I said, I started doing this 14 years ago and 11 years ago, I went completely full time. Over the years, there's been a steady course of every year, I'm going to fix it a little bit. I'm going to tweak it just a little bit. You know, like early, I cut out all the websites. I was like, I, don't, I hate doing websites. It's not efficient work for me. Um, it takes me way longer to do. I don't want to, I hate websites. I'm not going to do websites anymore. So I cut that out early. And then I raised my prices slowly over time until I got to like an industry standard price. And I've been sitting around an industry standard price for a while. And then I just started cutting out all the things that stress me out more than I was willing to deal with. And sometimes it's a client that stresses me out. Sometimes it's the type of work that a client gives me that stresses me out. Sometimes it's just those one-off things that don't really make sense in the long term. And if I'm only going to do one little quick thing and I'm not really going to be able to dig into the brand or dig into the whole, the bigger ecosystem of everything I'm doing, then maybe that doesn't interest me enough. I've also recently been able to focus a little bit more on the bands that I really enjoy doing as opposed to doing anything for everybody. I've decided to really focus in on less Doing more for less people, I guess, would be the best way to explain it. But all of these things are a thing that I chose to do at the end of the year. In December, I'm thinking it was a good year, but I would like to not do stuff like that anymore. It was a good year, but that really stressed me out or that one person really stressed me out and I don't need to deal with their crap anymore. Or man, I really would like to get more work from so-and-so or I'd really like to start doing more stuff like that. I've done a little bit of that every year. Maybe this year, you know, January, whatever that first day you go back to work is, January 4th, 5th, whatever it is, that's the day that you set that new routine. You know what? I'm going to do a new routine this year and it's going to be this. I saw this, you know, video about an artist in his studio and there was something about his routine that I really, really liked or something. So maybe I'm going to start trying to do my routine a little bit like that. I'm going to establish a new routine this year, or I'm going to start doing uh, more work like that this year, or I'm going to finally get to do this thing that I've always been wanting to do. Maybe I could get a project like that this year. Every year, it's this pruning that happens. It's this cutting out the bad and trying to get more of the good. If you cut out the bad, you have to have the belief that more good is going to grow there. I think obviously when we say we don't like doing that stuff and we're going to cut it out, the obvious practical, logical concept of that is thinking that, well, if I do less work, I'm going to make less money. I don't believe it that way. I have this belief that the good stuff is going to, is going to grow if I can weed the bad stuff out. So over time, I clean out that bad stuff, those projects, those lingering clients, those things, those just types of work that I really don't want to do. I clear that out and somehow, some way, more good stuff comes in. And I've always operated under that type of mentality. And 14 years in, it's worked out. And I'm a huge believer in that mentality is slowly be the tortoise and slowly do more of the stuff that you like and less of the stuff that you hate. Very simple concept. I guarantee you, just try one little thing. Just try to cut one thing out. Try to say no one time and see if it doesn't open the door or make more room for you to do the stuff that you really like doing. So the final question with all of this is, what is success? And how do you know if you've got there? 
I can tell you I'm happy with where I am today. I'm happy with the work that I do on a daily basis. There isn't that much stuff that I'm dealing with that I hate doing. Of course, there's always going to be stuff that, that just drives you nuts. But the majority of the stuff that I do, I'm happy about. Even a bigger portion of that, I'm ecstatic about. Like, I still really love doing this stuff. So for me, that's success. As far as I'm concerned, I've made it. As far as I'm concerned, I'm happy with where I am. So I don't know if that means that we have to lower our expectations because if everybody's goal is, you know, we're watching Shark Tank or something, we just want that big idea that turns us into a billionaire. That's not the life I'm going for. My goal in life and my goal since I knew what a goal was, was to be an artist for a living. I get to make art all day, every day. I am creative for a living and that's enough. So I'm not going to be a crybaby about any of this stuff. I'm not going to whine about how, you know, how tough it is sometimes. Like, we get it. We understand what the pitfalls of creative work is. We understand that stuff. And you're not out of your mind for just feeling ba bad or feeling down in yourself every now and then about creative block or something like that. But man, we got to step back. We have to step back and get back to the fact that we were obsessed with being creative for a living. And now that's what we get to do. So I'm happy with where I am. And I think in the past, you know what? It's just now, 11 years after being full-time, 14 years since really doing it, I think I can say I'm successful now. And it's not about money. And it's not about awards because I still don't have any awards. Um, it's not about features in magazines. It's not about being all over the internet. It's not about any of the crap that I thought it was going to be about. What it's about is the fact that I get to do this for a living all day, every day, because this whole thing started because I was obsessed with it. And no matter if you were going to pay me or not, I guarantee you, I was going to draw pictures all day, every day. And that's what I get to do for a living. So if nothing else, if you haven't got the point by now, what I want you to know is you have to start from the beginning that we are obsessed with this creative work and that we love doing this and we get to do this for a living. So now that's going to make all our little problems and our little creative blocks feel a little less heavy. We have to take a step back. That's one of those mental tricks that I'm talking about that are part of your routine. That's one of the mental things that I know that just as soon as I start getting too down in the dumps, I have to realize and look back. I have to fly up outside of my body and go back, you know, 100 feet from my house and look and say, there is a guy in there that does art all day, and that's his job. He's in his early 30s, and he's been doing that his entire adult life. He is a creative guy for a living. He makes freaking band t-shirts. Whatever it is that you do, you just got to step back and know that you get to do this stuff. So change your perspective, and let's get a little bit more aware of how lucky we are to be here. With that said, I'm going to get into all these little pitfalls and all these little struggles that us creatives have to go through. I understand them all. And I'm going to try to get you out of your creative block. I'm going to try to inspire you. I'm going to try to get you out of your funk on almost every one of these monologue episodes. I'm going to be here for you. I'm going to continue doing this, but let's get back to the core of this whole thing and know that from this point on, we know that we get to do this. Sound was created by me, Brandon Reich. You can find me at Brandon Reich on all social media and on BrandonReich.com. 
This episode was produced by myself and Brian Skeel of ChrisGrahamMastering.com. Theme music by The Hands of Stone. Title intro song remix by my good friend Jesse Kale, at Jesse Kale on Twitter. Music used in this episode included Saunter by Poddington Bear, Giants by Forget the Whale, and Readers Do You Read by Chris Zabriskie, as well as this outro song, Aqua Waltz by The Surf Zombies. If you're enjoying this podcast, please do me a huge favor and leave a review on iTunes. It helps people find the show, and honestly, it encourages me to keep this whole thing going. You can find more info on this podcast at thegraphicsound.com and join the conversation by liking us on Facebook at facebook.com slash thegraphicsound. Thank you for listening and listen to me. Don't let them kill your soul.